Well, we're back. Hello. We exist. So, I know last time we said we were going to have a bit of a heavy episode, and then, like, everything went butt over tea kettle. So, we're not going to do that because we need happy <laughs> things right now. Yes. We, we are not just never going to do it, but we will do it at a later time when, you know, thousands of people aren't being infected by a virus. I guess it's in the millions now. Speaking of COVID <laughs> things, COVID-19 uh, things. Um, yeah, so speaking of COVID things, something we thought we would talk about for a little bit is just since Ramadan is coming up, it'll be at the end of this month. Um, April 23rd, 24th, depending on the moon sighting and whatnot, which we've discussed at length. Obviously, Ramadan and Eid especially are very much communal social uh, event is maybe not the right word, but they're definitely social things that people do. You know, most families have iftar together and then on the weekends, people will go to different people's houses to have iftar together. Iftar is when you break the fast. Mm-hmm. So clearly that's not really a possibility right now. So something Corey and I have been talking about at length is how do you create community and use the technologies that we have that people have been rushing to use recently to make iftar slightly less alienating um, and just slightly less weird, right? Because for people who have grown up Muslim or people who have started to build Muslim communities, whether they're reverted or not, iftar is the one time everyone's supposed to come together and break the fast together and then Eid at the end of the month. Literally, the way I've always explained it to my friends is you go to the prayer, you hang out with a lot of people with prayer, and then you spend all weekend or week, depending on what time of the week Eid falls, going to people's houses and eating, which is exactly against all of the rules. <laughs> and right. even though Eid will be May 23rd, 24th, there's no way to really predict what the situation will be. And ultimately, I think that even if we are allowed to be a little bit more mobile and slightly less socially distant or physically distant I should say exactly and so you know does that mean that there's a lot of FaceTiming if they're over Zoom which is kind of interesting because it would right um I mean really any kind of technology right Skype cast rabbit well rabbit's dead Mm -hmm. rest in peace but all of the (laughs) other technologies that we've used how do you use that in one way it's kind of a challenge that's a, a good challenge Right? Like, how do you make sure you're including people who have always been alone for whatever reason, or maybe they're not connected to their families, or for people who um, reverts and might don't have... have anybody else in their family who is a Muslim? Exactly. Um, or even just people who, like, have had to move and live alone, and especially now since we're all stuck by ourselves or whatever, mm-hmm. with whoever you're already with, how do you create community and connect to people. So I think in one way, at least for me, I live separately from my parents, even though we're in the same city. So we'll probably FaceTime at the very beginning to break the fast together over our phones and then go on to our own, you know, separate ways. And then for Eid especially, there's already been discussion about how to live stream prayers properly, how to, you know, is that even religiously allowed? (laughs) There's always that kind of discussion that comes up. We've talked at length about different schools of thought on our podcast but in one way, it's also kind of an interesting challenge because then people who have never been able to go to prayer because they haven't been able to get off work or other things, are they allowed to just pray later in the day with the live stream? Can you watch a live stream after it's already finished airing? So at least from the logistical standpoint, I've been very interested in seeing what different mosques and imams and religious leaders will end up saying. On the flip side, there's also Hajj. 
in Saudi Arabia, actually, just this past week, the rulers and the people in charge of all the rules about Hajj have stated just kind of wait. So people shouldn't be planning to go quite yet. And even if they do open it up, Hajj is in July this year. It's unclear whether it'll be opened up to everybody around the world or if they'll just open it up to people who live in Saudi Arabia and in that part of the world or if they just keep it shut down entirely. And it's not like this is a new thing. It's happened in the past before um, because of health reasons and because of wartime and other things. So it wouldn't be like, oh, my God, this has never happened before. But it's still one of those things where in our memory, our historical memory, we've never experienced this. So it'll be very interesting to see how different communities respond to this. And it's not just Muslim holidays either. I mean, Passover is coming up. There's a bunch of different religious holidays coming up. Easter is coming up for the Christians. I know, like I have, especially because I live in L.A., I have a lot of friends who are Mexican-American and devout Mm -hmm. Catholics. And for them, this is new. They've never had Easter, quote-unquote, be canceled. So I know for, for them, I'm seeing them deal with you know, how do we handle, how can I do Lent? I, uh, this is what you've talked about is interesting, you know, with how the different mosques and imams handle like prayers and whatnot, because you have people that have been like, well, how do I do certain aspects of Lent? And the Catholic church has had to be like, well, okay, this for right now, because it's an emergency, we're going to let this go, blah, blah, blah. So, I mean, we're seeing some of it already with the Catholic Church, and I'm sure, you know, different Jewish synagogues are making their own allowances for um, these extraordinary circumstances. So, I mean, it's not just us. Right, exactly. Three of the bigger religions in the world are dealing with, you know, we all have holidays falling around the same time and we can't obviously be outwardly physically mobile so how do we handle this but again like you mentioned with Hajj it's um later in the summer and honestly I would rather them not open it back up just because the curve is so different for so many sections of the world that it it just seems like you're playing with fire Yes, I completely agree. And I think it's hard, too, because we obviously don't want to get too into the weeds about this. But ultimately, at the end of the day, we know so little about this virus that it's difficult to think about long term because mentally it's hard for us. Like, it affects our mental health to be like, wow, this might be our next, like, full year or 18 months or whatever time period people have been putting on the Internet. And so I think for some folks, it's easy to plan long term and be like, well, you know what, if I plan for the worst case scenario... When things are less awful, then at least I have planned for the worst case scenario, right? For other mm. people, it's the exact opposite. Trying to plan for the worst case scenario just makes them want to hide in a hole and never come back out, which is also completely fair. So I think when it comes to Hajj and for organization, like in this context, Saudi Arabia as an organization trying to plan something that millions of people do, how do you properly do it? The Olympics, I think, are a great example where they just straight up were like, we're just going to delay it for a whole solid year. It mm-hmm. makes zero sense to try to do it earlier in the spring. Um, by delaying it a full year, we can just shift every other sports-related thing that the calendar shifts with to the following year instead of doing this very staggered approach, which is what we're seeing with TV and media, which also I understand, right, because part of it is insurance and money and blah, blah, blah. Part of it is also just a lot of people don't want to be like, let's just push everything off for a year. Um, 
as some of you have probably seen by now, by the time this episode goes out, MCU, for example, a lot of the movies have been pushed a full year down because no one's entirely sure when things will be able to come back for people to do editing and filming and et cetera. So as far as religious events are concerned and big, big events are concerned, how do we shift minus the whole discussion about just the fact that like people are unemployed and all of those pieces as well, which is too much for this specific episode. But I think it's important to think about in relation to everything that we do. You know, there are people who are completely isolated. I was talking to one of my friends on Friday and she was telling me about her grandmother and her grandmother's sister. They can't hang out because they're 93 and 97. It's like they can't do it. Doesn't matter if they've been isolated separately for two weeks. They just shouldn't be hanging out. So what they've done is her Mimi's sister sits on the front porch and they just talk at each other through the window and separately drink their wine because that's all they ever do because they live in the middle of nowhere. So, you know, people are adapting as best as possible, but there's no right way to do it all. I think also it's just a matter of trying to be mindful. Yeah. Um, you know, some people have been under quote unquote quarantine for longer than other people have been, and everybody reacts exactly. differently. I know I had this morning was pretty hard for me. I kind of hit a wall because, you know, I'm in California. I'm right. going on a very long time of not even having left my apartment because, right. you know, I had whooping cough this spring, earlier spring. Right. So maybe not the best idea for me to be out and around. Right. And. This morning, I was just really struggling. So, you you know, when I be mindful that everybody hits their limit at different times. And I also like people who are online and typically have the glass half empty approach. Yeah. I'm not saying you're not valid, but if your normal response is to go on people's posts who normally do nice things, talk about positive things... And you want to bring up something negative, maybe don't do that right now. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, you just, you never know who is, on, how the person is on the other end. And you never know, like, what is going to be the straw that breaks that camel's back. So if somebody is trying to be positive during this time, just, you know, don't be a jerk and let them be positive. They probably already know the bad thing, or if they do know the bad thing, it's not going to help them mentally. Just let them do what they need to do so they can get through this time. I'm not saying let people be assholes to you, but if people are trying to be positive and point out good things going on right now, then that's probably how they're coping. So you coming in and being like, oh, but did you know this terrible thing is not going to help them? Just let people be. <laughs> I think, too, on the flip side of that, you know, one of the things we were planning on talking about in our heavy episode, quote unquote, was, you know, healthy coping mechanisms. And I think mm -hmm. one of the things that is important to mention is that self-soothing works differently for different people. And some right. people move into harmful self-soothing behaviors, partly because of whatever else is going around them. There's been, unfortunately, and Corey and I have talked at length about our feelings about this. There are definitely been a lot of jokes about, like, people coming out of this either more heavier or alcoholics both jokes which are awful but there's yeah, this, there's me, this level again, of truth of like recovering sorry, alcoholic over here and i'm gonna tell you right now my sobriety is like i'm very lucky i can't go outside my husband is very committed to know you're not having anything because otherwise my sobriety would probably be in shambles right now 
Right. So and it, it's think, not a fun joke because it's, it's no. stuff people are struggling with. And I think there's there's some truth to these jokes in that like people are struggling with these things, but then how do we help each other? And I think another self-soothing behavior that people have been trained to do is be really busy. And mm-hmm. people keep talking about like King Lear or other things that were written during quarantines. And it's like, you don't need to produce anything. We're not working from home. We are working at home while there's a crisis. And so I think for you, whoever's listening, you know, knowing yourself and the way you react to things is really important. Mm-hmm. And how you respond to what's going on is absolutely going to be based on the capabilities that you have. So I am a TA. I've got a lot of students who have now been stuck at home for weeks trying to do their schoolwork. Their parents don't quite understand that they still have to go to school. They just think it's like an extended spring break. And so people are taking care of siblings. People are taking care of parents. People are sick themselves. And so something I've been really thoughtful about is just making sure that at the end of the day, if you are self-soothing in whatever way that is, you know, you are allowed to forgive yourself and just like sleep for a day if you want. You are allowed to just mm-hmm. like sit and stare into space if you want. There's no necessarily wrong way of doing it. There's just less healthier ways of dealing with everything going on, especially for folks who are essential workers and everything around that conversation as well. And also just to reiterate, especially that whole, oh, if I saw a Facebook post it was basically it's like if you didn't come out of this with a new skill or knowing something right. new or with a side hustle, then it's obviously you've just never been disciplined. And I'm like, you have to understand we're in a traumatic time and yeah. things are very uncertain. And that means people's anxiety is up. And guess what people don't necessarily tend to be able to do when they're high anxious or they're scared? Focus. Anything? <laughs> yeah, anything. So it's okay that you're scared. And it's okay that you're anxious because the, these times are, you know, kind of unprecedented for anybody in our modern memory. And that's okay. And I think what Sahara's point is, is like, make sure or try to ensure that your coping mechanisms and your self-soothing mechanisms are healthy. You know, for me, an unhealthy self-soothing mechanism would be alcohol. That's the last thing I need to do. So right. it's... Or, you know, some people it's make sure you don't go down that rabbit hole of like obsession, you know, becoming obsessed with this one little thing to try and cope with that isn't maybe necessarily the most healthy thing either. So, you know, one of the things that I've been doing is reading is, uh, you know, during Ramadan, I try to reread the Quran during the time of Ramadan, but I started earlier this year. Right. So that's one of the things that I've done to try and help, you know, me make calm down or, you know, self-soothe is I just started reading the Quran earlier and then, you know, maybe right. I'll read it twice. But it, it's a healthier way to cope than, you know, for me to try and like find a way to get some alcohol. Yeah. Which is haram for me anyway, but. <laughs> <laughs> it's doubly haram. <laughs> yeah. See, see the. Muslim aspect knows it's haram. The alcoholic aspect just knows, oh, it won't make me stressed. <laughs> no, of course. But I think, you know, it's one of those things where for me, I I just mentioned the thing about being busy. My thing is, I'm a graduate student, and it's my second semester of my first year of PhD school, so it's not like I have the courtesy, or not the courtesy, that's not the right word, the ability to just, like, chill. But mm-hmm. what I have done as someone who is definitely the kind of person who uses being busy as a way to, like, deal with things, I have given myself the permission to just not. And it's not to say that I'm doing like bare minimum work, but I'm absolutely not going above and beyond unless I absolutely have to. 
So, you know, I cranked out my final exam for one of my classes this weekend, and now I'm just going to chill. I do have to study for a test, but I'm going to chill. And so by the time you guys hear this, I'll be at the point where I'm writing all my final papers. But even so, you know, any other year, I would have used all my extra time to focus on my summer internships or trying to figure out stuff for my PhD dissertation. And now it's like, I might get to an IRB proposal in August. We'll see what happens. Who knows mm-hmm. if we'll be here in August? So, you know, if you are the kind of person like me who does get really intense, you know, allow yourself not to. Structure is important. Definitely try to keep your sleep hygiene up. I was telling this to a group of friends who are really struggling because we're all across different parts of the world and everyone's quarantine situation is completely different. You know, you can sleep in, but don't sleep until three. There's ways to be healthy and allow yourself grace in a very chaotic time. Yeah, and I think routine, if you can find a routine, that actually helps a lot because it does provide you some kind of structure. Like, you know, maybe you wake up at 9 every morning and you shower and you do X, Y, Z. And it may not be a whole lot, but it's a routine that you can follow that still kind of, it gives you a sense of structure. Absolutely. And, you know, sometimes it's really hard, I think, In general, executive function is difficult, and then you add mental health issues or just, like, whatever going on on top of that, and it makes it even worse. But I think, like, making a nice breakfast for yourself or lunch or whatever meal you like for the day and trying to think at least about that if you're able to get groceries. Again, caveats to everything we're saying. Everyone's situation is different. But Mm -hmm. trying to make sure that you're still eating healthy can help keep your immune system better and things like that, which obviously are important for everything going on. So ultimately, you know, what we're just trying to say, and this would have been way more detailed if we had done the heavy episode, is just think about yourself and the situation you're in. Some of you might be back at home with family. Some of you might be all by yourself. Some of you might be with significant others and your significant other has to go out every day to work or you're going out every day to work. You know, we don't know everyone's situation. Ultimately, we just want you guys to be safe and just be thoughtful about whatever you're doing because... As Corey and I mentioned earlier, it's unclear how long this situation will last. And so burning out now will make the rest of your time dealing with this much harder. Mm-hmm. And again, be mindful of other people too, because you don't know. It's easy when you don't see them. And especially right now, we're not seeing other people. That's why exactly. this is very hard. So you don't, you can't exactly see how they're doing. You can't see their body language. You may not even be able to hear them. So you know, just be kind, be a little bit more kind maybe than you normally would be. And like I said, for those of you that normally like talk, looking at the downside of things, be aware that you may have some friends right now that that's really just not helpful for and try to be mindful of that. I want to add to real quickly, like you don't know anyone's situation. We talk about this mm-hmm. all the time. And this is something Corey and I personally talk about because I'm definitely more of like a cranky person than Corey is, depending on the topic. So I'm not quick to necessarily excuse me I'm not necessarily quick to be more forgiving of people and I think you know you have no clue who's sick you have no clue whose family members are sick this is a really scary virus so just ultimately Mm -hmm. you know just trying to be thoughtful and caring is important right and I mean to be fair you know I am probably more of an optimist than I should be I mean how many times have I come to you and I'm like, oh, man, the CW did this thing. And you're like, why are you so surprised by this? <laughs> I was like, well, I wanted Literally. to give them, I wanted to be optimistic. And you're like, you know better. <laughs> Literally earlier this week, Corey sent me something about the Riverdale writers being tomato heads. And I was like, it's Riverdale. 
I'm sure those writers are fine people, but like, come on, their social media intern gets paid to cause drama. Like, just expect chaos. That's no, the CW it was one motto. Of the writers who said that. But wasn't it the Riverdale writers? No, that was the Twitter? Katie Keen. Uh, who did the, you mess with one of us, you mess with all of us. See, I'm not even paying attention because I'm already prepared for them to be her arm. <laughs> well, I know, but again, this is me expecting better of people. And I'm like, how could they do that? This just seems so juvenile. And Sahara's like, what were you expecting? And I'm obvious, and I'm over here like, obviously I was expecting too much. <laughs> to be fair, I also have no faith in anything the CW does, as you have seen, y'all might have seen from some of my articles. So that's also one of those things where I'm like, yeah, I just I expect haram levels of behavior from them. So when they're not haram, it's great. <laughs> I know. Generally, I think that's why this podcast works is because I'm way off on one side and you're kind of more on the other side. And we generally meet in the middle. Yes. Huge mood. And see, and I'm just scrolling the Katie Key Twitter page and I'm like, <laughs> I need to find the original tweet because I kind of want to follow through the Twitter rabbit hole. But I will stop myself because then we will both be doing negative things. Well, I mean, if that if that makes you happy for like five minutes and you don't go down the rabbit hole, maybe. But I also know you and I know you will absolutely go down the rabbit hole. You are incapable of not going down the rabbit hole. This is a huge mood. Speaking of rabbit holes and other things, some of the other stuff we want to talk about today is just stuff that we're enjoying. And so I finally caught up to Legends of Tomorrow. Unless, Corey, you had more to say about the COVID stuff. I just figured we've kind of talked about it for at length now. Yeah, no, let's segue into what is making us happy and helping us get through this time. Yes, so I watched the first five episodes, six episodes. Time is unreal, y'all. I watched the first <laughs> however many episodes are available of Legends of Tomorrow since before everything went kaplooey. And I have really enjoyed Zari 2.0. Um, I actually think they're doing a really great job with her, even considering my complaints about, well, I won't get into it for this episode, but just be prepared to hear about it at some point. They're writing off Brandon and um, Courtney, who play Ray and Nora. Anyways, I really enjoyed Zari. I think that it's been really fun to watch her and to see her embody, you know, like this Muslim influencer trope that's happening where they still, speaking of alcohol, they make sure to indicate her and her brother don't drink. And it actually is part of the plot point of them saving the team for that episode. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's been fun because I was very concerned. I mean, I'm still always concerned because, again, I don't trust anything on the CW. <laughs> and I don't trust Phil Clemmer. Meet me in the pit, Phil. And so um, we will see where the rest of the season goes now that we know more about Charlie's situation. She's a fate, y'all. Spoiler alert after the fact. But she's one of the fates, which is really cool. Um, so I've been enjoying that. Yes, Clotho. Um, and for about five seconds, I was watching 911 Lone Star, which I would not recommend. But the Muslim character on that show is pretty cool as well. They had a whole episode where she does ablutions and she talks about, like, the mosque and like being stereotyped and whatnot so that was pretty fun i'm trying to think of what else i've been watching the miss fisher movie came out that actually does tangentially relate to that song because it was set partly in jerusalem and palestine so that was cool um the bedouin characters are actually provided like real voices they're not just there for the sake of being there and it's not racist which mm -hmm. is always concerning in period level um period level period genres and that level of movies there we go so if you are a fan of Miss Fisher, 
watch the movie. It's available on Acorn TV, and I'm writing a review about it, so you can read that too. I think those are my big three right now. Corey, what about you? What have you been up to? I do want to say, expect an episode from us later in the year talking about RPG Haram issues. Um, Oh, gosh, yes. I'm not going to say what it is right now, but our TTRPG editor, Dan, brought something up to our attention. I'm like, you know, we have not talked about how her ROM, um, any kind of portrayal is in RPG. And and I'm like, you know what? We have a lot of RPG people who pay attention to our site, maybe some Muslim fans too, and they've probably been like, hey – Hey, you're called that's wrong. You aren't talking about any of this. So I do want to preface. We will at some point this year go and list all the ways that these companies don't deserve your money because it's just that bad. Yeah. And, and for also those why there like, needs what? to be like a, a Muslim company creating this stuff because obviously the non-Muslim companies can't handle it. This is a huge mood. And for anyone who's like, what are they talking about? Tabletop RPGs and role-playing yes. games. Role-playing because games. unfortunately, some people have had way too much fun with their fancy dice and haven't thought through the process of what the heck describing any of these characters and worlds is like. But anyways, that's for another episode. Yeah, I just wanted to, uh, you know, we're not done ranting. We're just trying to be happy this episode. <laughs> but we can't, like, not do anything without ranting. So, you know, I wanted to be like, hey, this is coming. <laughs> alternative name for our podcast Corey and Sahara rant that's it the end. yeah um for me I've been playing a lot of uh CK2 or Cru- Crusader Kings 2 now I've played a lot of this already I've had over 3,500 hours of game time for this um, <laughs> quote a lot unquote yeah so I've added 60 hours almost since the quarantine began <laughs> So that, that's what I've been doing, but I really enjoy Crusader Kings is you can play as a Muslim character. So, you know, I've been basically taking over the known world that we're allowed to play on that game um, as a Muslim character. And that's just kind of what I've been doing. Uh, sometimes I'm like, hmm, why don't I go after Sweden? Sometimes I'm like, hmm, what if I made a Muslim hedgehog? So, you know... It's been almost 60 hours worth of gameplay. You get creative. Outside of that, I've been nursing the wound of no more Eurovision. Yeah. So speaking of optimism, Corey was like, they're totally going to figure out a way to do it. And this whole time I was like, Corey, I don't know how to tell you that that's not going to happen. And then two days later, two days later. Just let me deal with it. It's totally fine. But for another example for our listeners who are probably like, oh my God, y'all are so ridiculous. Two days later, they were like, yeah, we're going to postpone it, which is, I mean, that's the right choice. I'm not at all being like, haha, I told you so. It was just funny because, again, Corey is very much the optimistic part of this duo. And I'm over here just expecting the worst of everything, which, again, could sometimes be helpful, but also sometimes really sucks because you just want good things to happen. But, you know, playing Crusader Kings is great. I have been trying to play, play, do more diamond paintings. I've also done like 150 levels of two dots. A game that's been around for ages, and I, like, quit a while ago. But then I was like, well, they're giving me three hours of free lives every day because they know we're all stuck inside. And now I'm on 100 and, no, 767. And so my goal is to, by the end of the month, get to level, like, 1,200 because that would be pretty dope. Mm-hmm. 
I will say, as far as Eurovision goes, if you are in a country that has YouTube, they are doing um, a little at-home concert with several either current or previous years <laughs> singers every Friday where they they perform their song and then they perform a cover of another Eurovision song that you can go vote on during the week. So there is still some Eurovision content and it's pretty fun. And they're doing that like every Friday. And then one of my new... F- oh, we didn't talk about Kano. I was just about to say that we're say that after you were done with your little spiel. Yeah, we both... <laughs> okay, it's Eurovision related. Last year, Norway's act yeah. was a trio called Kano. And one of their singers is Asami Joiker. And we're both kind of obsessed with them in a good way. And they also have been putting out new songs like every month this year. And the, uh, Friday, they just released another song. And what I love about them is they're making it, like, their mission to collaborate with other Native First Nations and Indigenous um, Aboriginal artists. So, um, let's see. They had a cute, the cutest, the cutest. Their song Colors came out in February. And the baby Yoiker, oh my god, it was like an eight-year-old, and it was the most adorable thing. And, like, I burst into a million pieces, and I sent it to Sahar, and I said, you have to listen to this. And then Sahar burst into a million pieces, and now we just send each other Kano videos, whatever they come out. Yes, so they had a new one come out on Friday, which I was literally waiting for the premiere on YouTube to watch. Um, They had another one actually out in March, and I want to talk about that just really quick, because that was also one that they collaborated with and it was with an Inuit or Inuk throat singer Charlotte Kamenak and that was called Black Leather and then this one they collaborated with Electric Fields from Australia and that has uh, Zachariah Felding who is an Aboriginal Australian so I am really digging this whole new collective of like Native Indigenous Aboriginal First Native people's making music together and really just kind of putting the art out there to a wider audience which also goes back to the twitter trend what was it what is it i was just stop reading my mind see okay it's fine i appreciate that cory can read my mind but i keep wanting to just say stuff and cory's like i'm just gonna say it today but that also means that even though we're stuck in quarantine we're still on the same wavelength so the don't rush challenge which started from TikTok, like most things, is pretty much just a challenge where people have been collaborating with each other and they'll either have a brush or they'll use some other kind of thing and they'll be in like regular wear or like pajamas. And then on the camera, they'll like put the brush on the camera so we can't see. And then when we see them again, they're really nicely dressed up. So it started from black TikTok, but it's transcended into multiple genres. So there were a couple of really amazing indigenous ones. There was one with indigenous kids. Babies. And Corey and I both cried. It was adorable. Um, we'll just link to a lot of these things and also i'm sure by the time we, this episode comes out you'll have seen it if you're on the internet or even on facebook um so it's just been nice because people are stuck at home but they're using it as a way to showcase their art or their culture um there was one with doctors where they use their stethoscopes and shout out to all the doctors right now yeah um, and nurses and emts and hospital chaplains exactly and all of y'all radiate radiologists all y'all working on the front lines exactly but it's been great. So there has definitely been some good, I mean, to come out of is not the right phrase, but at least the Don't Rush Challenge, Don't Brush Challenge, whichever 
hashtag you look at. There's been a lot of really cool stuff. And in one way, you know, there has been more media that's available. So even though currently filming things are halted and we're not entirely sure if Supernatural will ever end because it's a show that never ends and so has seven episodes to air. <sighs> SOS. One day we will be free. Um, I felt that sigh media. so hard. <laughs> um, I've been watching... Well, this isn't really new. I always watch HGTV, but I've been watching a lot of HGTV in preparation to write more articles about it. Lots of Food Network. Honestly, if you're able to, I mean, everyone and their mom is baking, but if you have the supplies to do other things beyond baking bread, it is very calming and therapeutic, I think, to just focus on that one thing of I'm going to just turn my music on and make this cake or make this food or whatever. Um, Yeah. So there's definitely stuff to be doing. It's just... It's a stressful time, and we get it. So that's why we wanted to come together for this episode and talk about happy things. And not what we were going to talk about, which was decidedly not happy. <laughs> I mean, it's it's a par for our episodes. We read a it's, little bit. We talk about some good stuff. It's fine. It, yeah, you know, just we wanted to be a little bit more happy. Yes. This time. It's outside the, of the D&D fandom we talked about. <laughs> instead of telling fandom that everything that they do is awful. Which is coming at some point one day. <laughs> yeah, just we're, we're punting that can down the road a little bit. Oh, uh, East of La Brea, you had some news on that? Oh, yeah. Okay, so we keep talking about this dang miniseries that only has like six episodes, but it's not available yet. But I did tweet the Ficto app Twitter account and the original creator, Samir Gardezi, and I did receive a response that at some point this month on Instagram... And their Twitter, we will get an announcement of when East of La Brea will be available on the app. The app itself, you can just download it on Google Play or App Store. It doesn't currently have a search function, but there's also only like 10 shows on there. So you can scroll really easily to find what is available. Everything on there is really short. Um, it's like pre-Quibi before Quibi, which is also coming out at some point. But who knows what's going on with that. Um, That's but the anyways, what's the, about- the, the Sophie Turner mountain addict thing right yeah quilby is just supposed to be like the next best streamer it has like a bazillion pieces of content and has had tons of money invested into it but they might not actually get to be a thing because apparently they're being sued i don't know the point is but their episodes are only like 10 minutes long right and so the whole premise is it's like you know we'll just get to watch really quick things it's also literally launching on april 6th which will be before this episode goes out so by the time you hear this it'll have been out mm-hmm. um so oh, at least there's some stuff to keep you busy time is on pop yes. now you can't binge it because they're only doing like one episode at a time which oh that's fun sorry i was like <laughs> one day at a time one episode at a time <laughs> but the fourth season has started on pop so if you are wa- wanting something a little bit more lighthearted, uh and you do have pop then you can watch episodes on there it's also available on TV Land, apparently. Oh. It's very confusing because they don't know what they're doing. It's fine. Okay, <laughs> brief backstory. One day at a time got canceled on Netflix. Pop TV picked it up, which is a subsidiary of CBS because CBS is like Disney. It owns a lot of things. And then Pop was like, never mind, we're not going to do scripted shows anymore. So we're not entirely sure how long one day at a time is going to last. But uh, at least you have the sports season. It is airing once a week. So, I mean, by the time you get to this, if you haven't started... You can binge a little bit. Mm-hmm. And it's apparently been very good. I haven't watched it yet. I'm waiting for a couple more episodes because I like to kind of just have them all, all in a row. 
but I've heard good things and people are enjoying it. And apparently the kids have grown a lot. And so you can really see that they've grown over the last two years since they filmed the last season. Which, you know, they were getting up there anyway. I I am bracing myself for a certain contingent of fandom, but I'm not going to get into it because we're having a fun episode. I just know that <laughs> one of the very few things I do rant about to Sahar is a certain subset of a fandom. And I, you know, Sahar, you should just brace yourself for that. I, I'm ready. I'm always ready. Winter is I coming. I will say, I, God, I will say... One of the interesting things I'm looking forward to from a logistical standpoint is to see what will happen to all of our broadcast shows. Mm-hmm. So I mentioned in one of my past articles recently about everything getting halted for obvious reasons. But because there's not really a way to just like pre-plan filming until all of the people are led back into Vancouver and or L.A. to film, we might not have really long seasons next year because brief history lesson. Last time there was a filming halt, it was because of the writer's strike. However, the writer's strike of 2007-2008 was in the middle of the season. So they came back in February to film. So shows like Criminal Minds, which had only like 20 episodes the season the strike happened, came back to air 26 episodes. But they were able to film all those episodes. And I think now, 2020, we're in a different time. A lot of writers and cast and crew wouldn't want to devote that much time to filming something unless they were contractually obligated to do so. And because clearly shows need directors and producers, those people are booked months in advance. So with everything going on, I think it'll be very interesting to see, one, if we even have an upfronts in May, digitally or otherwise, two, how many shows are going to show up, and three, how many of those shows would have had, you know, inclusive casting or otherwise, because now, I mean, I guess you could do casting over Zoom and WebEx. There's only so much of that you could do. (laughs) So it'll be interesting to see what happens. And that's On the assuming, other way, you know, and you've talked about previously the writer strike, right? Like, whatever winds up going on with that, right? Well, because currently, and I didn't know they were allowed to do this, but I guess with global pandemics, you can do anything you want or not. <laughs> I'm sorry, it's an awful joke. I'm, I apologize. Um, mm-hmm. They are extending their contract that ends at the end of April. They're just like, we can just extend it until this pandemic's over. But then, of course, they're going to have to like come back and retroactively. Co- like figure out things and so i still foresee some kind of strike happening because if they were smart and everyone got together and got really angry they could get the stunt people the writers and all those other folks all together collectively to be like yo pay us more but anyways this is not a union episode we'll talk about that later i just am very intrigued from a logistical standpoint of what in the world we're gonna have to see in the fall beyond you know seven more episodes supernatural because we can never be free of that dang show it's fine one day Maybe. <laughs> and maybe one day we'll actually get to see new mutants. Who knows? I don't know that mutant mutants exist. Does that even exist? <laughs> I feel so bad for the people with that movie. It was like, they just want it to come out. I mean, they do too, they know? It's a the horror film, so it's not like Disney can just punt it over to Disney Plus because they made such a big padu about that being their family channel. Like, they finally gave up the ghost with Artemis Fowl. I'm like, ah, finally, that was not going to do well no that movie was going to do well i mean and it's interesting because i follow a couple of investment people because i like to diversify my portfolio i'm sorry i'm just in a punny mood today um but i like to follow some folks to see what's happening in that part of the world especially because i will never have any money to invest so why not live vicariously and there's been some really interesting discussion about whether this will 
finally accelerate us towards more movies just going direct to consumer in this new method of streaming versus originally, you know, you do like pay-per-view and whatnot. So at least mm-hmm. from that perspective, there's a lot happening and who knows what will happen. You know, I will say um, Jeremiah, who, you know, works at a movie theater and Thad and Kara actually discussed, you know, what's going to happen with what they might happen, how that's the movie theater industry is up in the air. Um, right. On their last episode of Beneath the Screen, because, you know, uh, Universal had Universal or Warner Brothers. One of them had told the theaters Universal. He's saying Universal um, had told the theaters, oh, no, no, we won't stream. We won't stream. We'll just wait. And then they lied. (laughs) Right. So, I mean, you know, it's going to be interesting to see how industries change. Yeah, and do we have this, like, return of the oh, drive well, in theater? They, okay, hold on. They said they were going to stream this is just a temporary thing. temporarily, and now they're talking about keeping it going. So, again, not entirely being truthful to theaters. Well, what else is new? But I'm I, wanting so, I mean, to I cover think... our legal heinies, so I'm not saying wrong things. That's fair. See, that's also why it's good that there's two of us on this, because I just say whatever and then forget that there's legal repercussions. Of course, yeah. like, you can't do that. And I'm like, you're right. I don't want our website to be nuked by someone mad because I call them out for being a butthead. But anyways, moral of the story is there's a lot of things that are happening. At least if you're like me and you just focus on the logistical stuff, it's a little less terrifying because then you can just, you know, saturate yourself in the chaos that is the TV industry world. Like, I watch you have hopefully heard our episode where we talked about Bengali serials and telenovelas and whatnot. They can't film either. Nobody can film. So, like, shows are just rerunning old episodes. They're doing a bunch of, like, best of old shows that have not aired for literal years are being rerun. Can you imagine if ABC was like, here, let's just air Lost again? I think it'd be really interesting. Well, but I, I don't mean, think they're allowed to do that. Whichever channel Friends belongs to could probably just start re airing Friends and most people wouldn't care. And I don't understand why people love that show. Like, I really don't. I don't. I don't get it. But it is still. People like their white people, I guess. Yeah. (laughs) See, I'm going to get yelled at. (laughs) Anyways. Anyways. We'll see what happens. Exactly. And we'll have more information to come. And at some point, we'll have an episode in May where we'll talk about Ramadan and how it's going for us, question mark. Mm-hmm. Inshallah. We'll see. <laughs> Everything is just inshallah one day. I know. It's like we're constantly talking. Inshallah, we talk tomorrow. <laughs> inshallah, we get to do this. Oh, Allah. That's our new word is just inshallah. <laughs> yeah, well... <laughs> New, but constantly used. Yes. I don't know. Hopefully this episode brought you guys some joy and laughter. We just are here for everyone. We know things are crazy. There's always something going on. But, you know, it'll be okay. God willing. Also, inshallah. Inshallah. We will be doing for FM Plus members every Sunday this month. Again, inshallah. Every Sunday this month at 1 p.m. PST, we will be doing a live hangout that I'll be hosting. Over you should on go private chat. So, uh, if you are an FM Plus member, come hang out with us. Uh, make the uh, quarantine a little bit easier. Help you c- to uh, connect with some people, and it's just kind of a free for all. We don't really have a theme anymore. It's just whatever y'all want to talk about, we'll talk about. <laughs> it's kind of like this podcast, but we love you all for bit. listening to it anyway. <laughs> 
Um, don't forget to check out our other podcasts. Unabashed Book Snobbery actually had two new episodes that came out last month, the month that never ended. But we did have two new episodes uh, kind of reviewing Game of Thrones that came out. So go check those out if you haven't. The Fandamentalist. Um, I already mentioned Beneath the Screen of the Ultra Critics. Like I said, they did a pretty good episode on, you know, what's going on with the movie theater industry or what might be going on or what they don't know is going on. Uh, we also have, if you are a fan of RPG and, you know, we're still going to rant about it, but whatever. If you are an RPG live play or, you know, live play fan, we do have every Friday Faith Forge Academy has episodes out and then at some point we'll have some more fandom eeples episodes um once things calm down a little bit and all of our plans weren't just completely nuked so that will be coming and we also have more ladies first episodes coming up so we yes. do have plenty of podcast content and you know if you have any suggestions for us, we'd love to hear from you. Again, if you do have the normal questions about things we've talked about on That's Haram, please leave us a comment or a question, and we will try to address it. And if you're into music videos, which Corey and I are and are just bored, there's been a couple of posts on our website recently for our music video Thunderdome, where we rank our top five music videos based on a theme and have to kill all of our favorites because we have so many opinions. Those episodes, good creep. Man, that Those Rihanna articles are very article short broke and great. Me. That Rihanna article broke me. I haven't been able to do another one after I had to peel down the Rihanna songs. I didn't realize how intensive a Rihanna fan I was until I had to leave Umbrella off. <laughs> and I was over here like, wait, can I do Bollywood stars? And then realized it was a mistake because I had to say halal in the copy of the article. Yeah. But I mean, people know how much I love Hrithik Roshan, so it's fine. It's cool. I just, it's, it's you cool. know... It's okay. We'll get there. Thank you for listening. We're here if you need us. God willing, everything will become better slowly but surely. Stay safe. We'll talk to you next time. Inshallah. <laughs> Inshallah. <laughs>